Hi, this is Kevin, and I'm here to help. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Here to Help. Today, you have a treat. Today, we get to have a chat. I'm going to have a sit down and talk with my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, a.k.a. Josh's fiance, a.k.a. Carol. Well, it's technically Carolyn, but we call her Carol because we're lazy and don't want to say her whole name. So today we're going to just have her, I just want some questions. We're going to get into a little bit of her life story, a little bit of her testimony, talk about her family, and just going to be a good time, and I hope that it's going to be help to you. So please enjoy as me and Carolyn just have a chat. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. You look nervous. Yeah. Why are you nervous, Carolyn? I, I, I think I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> you have anxiety. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I have major depression, so between us, we're, we're we, you know, like, I'm, I'm really like, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> so, you know, you know, we work out really well here. Um. So, I want to talk to you. This is actually, I think this is the first time you and I have actually sat down and talked without Josh. I know. 14 millimeters away going what are y'all talking about I know. um so this is kind of weird um yeah so that's kind of strange so wanted to have you up and have a talk about your life i know a lot of your story but there are a few things that i wanted to talk about that i think would be a help to people because what we do is i like to help people and so you came into our home came into our life through a friendship with my son, you stole his heart. You, um, you're an older lady. Um, you are. You're what? Two years older. Heart, though. Yes. So this cougar stole my my son's heart and and bribed him, gave him lots of money, and said, you know, if you marry me, imagine what you'll get in life if you marry me. Not true. Record. That's true because Josh didn't have much money back then um, when you guys became friends. So, yeah, which is kind of cool. It's kind of weird to see you. watch each other grow up a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Josh was always an old soul. He was always five years beyond his physical age, emotionally, mentally, um, temperamental-wise. You know, he, could, he took on his older brother and sister all the time, wanting to fight them, even though he was like mm -hmm. three and a half years old and, you know, a foot and a half tall. Mm -hmm. But he was always an old soul. So you guys came into our family at a very difficult time. You guys were friends. Okay, you started out at Panera, mm -hmm. and you guys met at Panera, and you worked together. You became buddies, and then um, then came Starbucks. Starbucks, you guys were at Starbucks when, so you guys were, were just friends and coworkers, and, mm -hmm. and, and then on a Saturday morning, I came and took Josh from work. That was when Christopher died. Mm -hmm. And you were the principal comforter in Josh's life. One thing, Josh, I don't know if you know this about him. I don't know if he's revealed this to you or not, that he tries to be the major protector and helper he for his mother. Um, he he takes his, his role as his mother's protector very, very... Um, seriously um and so <clears throat> for um in an effort to protect micah he he 
he used you as his sounding board for his grief and his comfort and what was that like building not just the whole friendship and boyfriend girlfriend thingy but built around your through this most difficult time do you think that sped up your guys closeness or do you think that put a weird spin on it at first what do you think what's your thoughts about that yeah um i think it definitely did bring us a lot closer not how we planned to get closer for sure but we were always best friends from the very beginning um we just had a connection right off the bat and when that happened when that day came that was my first day at starbucks and it was just i just couldn't believe it and obviously i'd be there for anyone if they were to lose a sibling but now I have this connection with him, and it's like, this is this is my role. Like, I need to be there for him. And um, I remember it just didn't feel real. He ran to the door, and he ran back, and he was like, my brother, something happened to my brother. And I was like, what happened? And it, like, replays in my head so much. But we ran to the back, and um, he was like, I think my brother died. And I gave him a hug, and I said, I love you for the first time. And I was like, if you need anything, like, I'm right here. And he just left. And I just sat in the back, and I just started crying because this person that I was so close with, I had never, I had never really dealt with death myself. Like, my memory had passed away, but I was younger. Um, I had never seen someone deal with the death of a sibling or a parent, someone I was, that I was so close to. And I didn't know how to handle it myself, but I knew I had to be there for him. And I remember just sitting in the back crying, like just not knowing what to do or how to handle that information. Like it was my first day at a new job too, right. of all places. And I remember um, I was still talking to him all day. I finished the day at work and um, we met up that night too and I didn't want to take him away from you guys his family like his whole family was flying in but at the same time I felt like he needed somewhere to step away to just be with his thoughts and be with someone who was kind of on the outside um and I felt like I could absorb it rather than grieve with him well grieve with him too but just absorb everything he was feeling and just take that and hold that for him rather than put my own emotions about the situation onto him. Not that you guys were putting your emotions onto him. You guys had a grieving, a very, what's the word? Just as important grieving situation. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that was my role in it just just being an escape for him almost just for him to come to me and cry and just lay his emotions down and and listen to him tell me I really need to be strong for my mom but sometimes it's so hard and I remember just him getting to my house sometimes and just crying and we would just we would just lay there and I would just listen to him cry and say whatever he needed to to me does it ever 
do you ever have the fear that once things started to get better and we were further in the grieving process that he wouldn't need you anymore in that depth did you fear that there for a little bit where you that that a big huge portion of your relationship was built upon you being that grief release that he needed I don't think it's in his character at all wow <laughs> no I don't think he would ever do that and our friendship was so strong I knew that I knew how badly he wanted to be my boyfriend but I knew that no matter what happened we would be lifelong friends no matter what Do you think that you guys would be where you're at as fast as you were had it not been for losing Chris? Or do you think it would have taken more time? Or do you think maybe you guys would have been drawn closer faster? I don't know why I'm asking that. I just thought that'd be an interesting yeah. follow-up. Uh, I hate to say it because it sounds terrible, but I feel like it really did bring us together closer unintentionally it's not how we wanted it to happen at all i remember being in target with my best friend the summer that we met and i was like i don't know where i don't know when i don't know how but i know i'm gonna marry him <laughs> and here we are i'm planning our wedding <laughs> that's that's what uh, mike always said no that's not true mike had tried to run from me when we first met did you hear that story oh, yeah yeah that's that's great <laughs> She still runs from me. It was really good when she had her knee problem because she couldn't run very fast. Um, she grew up here in Maine, grew up in Lewiston area, and went to public school. <clears throat> um, what back then, you know, the whole photography and you did ballet back then, which I think you need to get back into. Of course, I say that all the time. Um, both of those things I think you need to get back into. Mm -hmm. Um Back before, you know, you, you graduated high school or during high school, what were your main dreams and goals or you just didn't know or just kind of going back? I, I, the opening four-way was a little heavy. apologize for that. No, I don't know if I okay. put that as the first thing to talk about. Maybe that should have been like number nine. Um, growing up, what were your main goals? What did you want to do? To be honest, when I was in high school, I had basically no direction. I knew that I liked photography, but I was like, <sighs> I didn't know how much money was in it. I didn't feel like it was going to be stable for me. I didn't know if I was going to love it forever. I didn't want to go to college, put $200,000 into college and not love it. And just, I was really confused with my life. I think I was still very young. I didn't have God at that point. I was very, like, into the secular world, and I, um, one of my closest friends did a lot with, like, tarot cards and, like, psychics, and I thought, like, that was really interesting, so I gave, like, a lot of my life to that at one point, and just, like, I was really interested in how the universe worked. I don't want to, like, jump ahead on questions, but I guess to say, like, I just didn't have a direction in high school. You have two good parents, mm -hmm. really neat people. Yeah. Um, Hardworking, strong. Um, you have a sister. You want to tell the story about 
how your sister became your sister. Mm-hmm. That'd be that's a cool story. Do you know that full story? I know, I know. Like I don't know, start to finish. I I've, I've heard your mom talk about her and yeah. and the whole some of it, but I've well, Micah probably has. Tell me about it. That'd yeah. Be cool. Okay, so my mom was working at um, a hospital in Blue Hill, uh, Blue Hill, Maine, like up near Bar Harbor. And her and my dad had just gotten married, and um, there was a woman there that um, was giving birth, and she was giving her baby up for adoption. And my mom was like, oh, I want that baby so badly. So um, she applied, my parents applied, and um, like six months later, I don't know how long, they had my sister. And they brought her home like the day after she was born or something. And did your mom think that she that they could not have kids or they just hadn't tried yet? I'm not sure, actually. I know my parents had a really hard time having me. I think I was an in vitro baby, I think. So I was, like, basically a triplet, um, and the other two passed away. So it was really hard for my mom to get pregnant. So when she had me, it was, like, a miracle. So. Um. Your sister has some developmental issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'd be the word, right word to use. Some, some struggles. Let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? Did you ever? I don't know, because we we raised Chris. He had he had some um, Asperger struggles and ADHD, really really bad. They, and that really didn't come out until he was an older teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always there, but it was just worse. Um, so I've seen that from the parental, par, parental, parental side, <laughs> since I learned how to speak English, and so, and we strove really hard to, while he needed a lot of attention, um, of course, also his heart condition, mm-hmm. um, I gave that to him, um, and uh, so he needed the two heart surgeries. So he needed not just physical attention; he needed a lot of more emotional and uh, mental help. Um, horribly intelligent, um, but also had had struggles. Mm-hmm. From a sibling's point of view, did you ever struggle because your sister had some special needs and and required a little more attention than you did? Did you ever struggle with that from your parents, or did you ever did it ever? Yeah, just had. Did you have any struggles with that? Was it was there hard times that came because of your sister's struggles? needs I think my parents did a very good job raising me and giving me the attention I needed and the recognition I needed when I was growing up um I didn't ever really feel like I was pushed aside ever um sure she had like her um she needed help sometimes but I really don't think my parents ever made it feel like I was being pushed to the side or I was like second in line or less important. Do you see now that you're both adults, because she's older, Mm -hmm. do you see now that adults, do you, because she's still at home, quite dependent upon your mom and dad, Mm -hmm. um, what's that like with the relationship? Do Do you have a strong relationship with her? As far as, because um, I, I don't, th- have I even met Morgan? I don't think so. I don't think I've actually even met her. Did, she didn't even, I think all the times no. that I've, 
Yeah. I've been with your parents. I don't think we've ever seen your sister. We're gonna have to make that a point yeah. <laughs> sometime this this summer. Maybe come up and anyway, that was a rabbit trail. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening and you heard me go on a rabbit trail. I also have ADHD. Um, <laughs> so now that she's an adult, mm-hmm. um, what's that like? Did you ever yearn for have a, to have a sister or a sibling that didn't? have the needs that she has i think a selfish part of me did yeah um and i think i blame it on myself now because that we're older um we don't have a strong relationship now um and i really wish we did and i blame that on myself because i'm supposed to be the quote-unquote normal one and the one that she can almost look up to sometimes um and I really um, kind of hold myself accountable for that and not growing that relationship with her now that we're older and that I can understand her needs more. Um, and I think that's something I really want to work on in the future. How would, that, how would you see that going about? Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think I'd love to just spend time with her. Because I feel like no one really asks her about who she is as a person, what she likes, like how her day is going genuinely. And I don't even know if she's capable of those questions or emotions. So I think that's something I'd really like to just explore. That's cool. So you come from French Canadian. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of those folks around here. Mm -hmm. Um, And quiet, chill calm, formal, mm-hmm. um, uh, very self-sustained, very hardworking. Um, <laughs> our family, well, let me give, tell you a story. <clears throat> um, Mike and I went to Oregon to uh, be married. Mm-hmm. Circumstances behind that were a little fun. You know, we basically left college because, you know, broken, tired, exhausted, and so we went to Oregon, got married, and my you you met my in laws. You've met mm-hmm. Josh's grandparents on mm-hmm. on uh, Micah's side of the family, French Canadian, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mid coast Maine, quiet, mm-hmm. hardworking, self sufficient. <laughs> um, and so when Micah came to Oregon for our um, just we just wanted to get married and so we just got married well that means all the hillbillies hicks and rednecks from my side of the family all show up in roseburg oregon and i bet that was a lot like that um when you came into our home um two completely different families Mm -hmm. two completely different structures of course you know, your mom and dad are about our age, mm-hmm. been married, by same partner. We're all running parallel, but just a little different. Just a little, yeah. Um, Micah is soft-spoken and quiet and loving, but everybody else in the house is not. Mm-hmm. Um, me, primarily. Um, even Josh, when he's not trying to be... Um, restrained because he's in front of his girlfriend now fiance um is 
loud like me and obnoxious and in your face and um our family is a lot i don't think so <laughs> we, we we are um how did that when you well we go back to the first thing we talked about was was chris's death so that was a very sobering time and so we were very restrained when you first you know, it took like forever before you actually came into the house. Um, but once we started taking off the veil and showing you who we really are, loud, obnoxious, mm -hmm. big eaters. Um, I think I've gained weight since knowing you guys. Loud music, you know, mm -hmm. dancing in the kitchen while making chili, you know, all that fun, crazy things that we do. Mm -hmm. What was that like coming into a completely different environment? A different kind of family not bad not wrong just different. different yeah um i felt like i belonged almost like it didn't feel weird to me at all um we didn't give you a chance to not feel belonged yeah yeah I you think were so. you were adopted immediately and you had no choice you it was like the borg you just came in and you were part <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i never felt like i had to find my place here i just automatically knew this is where it was yeah. Um, my family, um, my dad always had a weird schedule. My mom always had a weird schedule. My sister never really wanted to be a part of things. So we never had any, like, real family traditions or, like, having breakfast together every Sunday morning or, like. So it was, like, it was really cool to see you guys have that, like, really tight-knit family. Whereas mine, of course, we love each other and we're right. all here, but it was just different. You guys are so family oriented. And I don't want to hate on my family. Cause no, I'm your families are. Right. I love it's your parents. Just, it's just different, like, to have a super tight knit, even extended family because you see the Benoits and everyone, like, every two or three months for birthday celebrations. I try to avoid those, but. <laughs> I'm forced to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you never found difficulty in going to a new, literally a new environment? No. So here's a fun question. After you and Josh are married and have your own home and hopefully have me some grandchildren. We I want grandchildren. <laughs> I know I'm just teasing. Um, how will you incorporate that foundation of calm, internalized quiet with the whole southern hospitality in your face hugging everybody mm -hmm. how do you foresee those two cultures coming together and building your own home how, maybe i should have josh up for this part yeah. no let's not no he doesn't he gets enough attention <laughs> um how do you how do you foresee mixing those two um arkansas and french canadian how do you see foresee molding those two together that's gonna be fun i never thought of that actually i think it will be really fun <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because i don't know have you really experienced and seen josh and jalen like beat no, each other up and really. scream and holler and throwing each other no, across the room maybe and maybe once or twice <laughs> it is a sight next time um i need to get that security camera that everybody hates <laughs> And I need to, next time I hear them doing that, I'm going to put it up in that room and I'm going to record it. Should. And uh, because it is, 
that I don't think that side of Josh. I don't think he's completely, completely revealed that side of himself to you. Um, I know it's there, but I haven't. Yeah, it's like him doing jujitsu, but also screaming like a five-year-old in a pillow fight. Mm -hmm. So it's you know the mixture of those two things. It's actually quite entertaining. Um, the other than I want to talk about your sister. I wanted to talk about her for a little bit, but I also one to talk about your faith journey because that to me I think is the most important you're raised um, Catholic tradition mm-hmm. um, you did tell me that you went to was it East Auburn Baptist mm-hmm. a few times as a young person to like youth groups and things mm-hmm. and then you ended up dating a Baptist preacher's kid and you know you're not going to be able to be within this family very long without getting basically the gospel handed to you like 837.6 times mm-hmm. every six months. Yeah. Um, how did Josh, because I was the one that really pushed Josh into first introducing that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew your back, or he knew your background and knew... Um, that we view salvation as an individual decision, not the collective, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, I, I believe that's what the Bible teaches. Um, how did Josh open the ball of that subject? How did that, how did that even get into your eyes' um, discussions and talks? Um, well, when we were best friends, we would talk a lot about anything and everything. And... I think that he was very open to talking about things, and that's what made me ask so many questions, because he had all the answers, basically, because he's... My son. Exactly. He's been around it his whole life. So, um, any, like, minuscule question, he would know the exact answer to, and he would explain it to me in full detail, and I would just be so mesmerized, like... It, it just, it didn't make complete sense to me at first, but I think there's healthy skepticism to anything. Um, but over time, our conversation, it just, it made more and more sense to me. And going to church with you guys on Sundays, it really just felt like this is something I want to be a part of. When did it click as far as I need to change my thought pattern, my belief pattern, make this me. I need to make it public that I want to be a follower of Jesus, me personally. Mm-hmm. When did that click before you and I actually had that conversation? And we'll get to that in a minute. But how long do you think that took of actually these good conversations with Josh? Well, let me, while you're thinking about that, I come from a faith tradition. I come from a little more in-your-face tradition of I'm going to give you the four points of the gospel, and mm-hmm. you really need to believe this. And so if you think all these things are wonderful, then you need to repeat this prayer after me, and boom, you're saved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like buying a new car, mm-hmm. you know. 
if you like the car and like the way it drives and you like the percentage points and the, and the car payment, man, sign right here. Mm -hmm. And I've adjusted and realized that it's more than that, that that's not a very, especially in our culture, that's not very, um, it's just not real anymore. It's, it's harder, especially with you young kids generation just don't you know you didn't grow up with the bible so we just can't tell you you need to get jesus in your heart and then you're going to heaven um that it actually takes some time and um was josh taking his time did that help make it real to where if you guys were to go through a really hard questioning god time like losing one of your parents or your sibling or god forbid one or the other do you think your faith in christ is strong enough that it could handle tragedy or trauma mm -hmm. i hope it is I... at least as far as where you're at now mm -hmm. where i'm at now honestly i don't think so and i think i'm being hard on myself um saying that because i'd like to be closer to god to jesus and um, I think your listeners know that we're reading the Bible cover to cover this year, which I'm really excited about. Because before I was baptized up until now, um, before I was saved up until the new year, I hadn't really like opened the Bible very much or paid much mind to it. Right. So um, I think just these past... Um, two months now I've been really growing my relationship and I feel like I can't say that I'm so close with God yet I've been doing this since ever um, I've been doing this a long time and I don't think I would ever say that I'm there you know because we've been through some hardships and some tragedies and some trauma mm -hmm. and I still sometimes are like God what in the heck are you doing so, I mean, I don't think we ever truly get someone that says that they are. They probably aren't. Yeah. Um, so your baptism, I'll tell that story. That's my favorite story. <laughs> so we um, went over the gospel. Josh says, Carolyn professes Christ. She's, she's got saved. She wants to follow the Lord. And, and I said, well, Josh, you know what comes next. He, I know he, she wants to get baptized. Okay. Explain why. Okay, go like, for it. Like what clicked in my head? I think we skipped over this. It's kind of a tragic story. <laughs> I hung out with one of my old friends, um, and she was telling me about a past boyfriend and how like awful he has gotten. He was never nice to me, but um, she was just telling me how how much worse he has gotten and how abusive he is now to his new girlfriend. And I got home that night and I was like. I think God really put Joshua in my life to save me from all that. Hmm. And that just really, really clicked for me. That I was literally plucked out of that situ situation and just put right here with all of you. And how can I deny that? Yeah. I just walked into Panera one day and found my best friend. How can I, how can I deny that God did that. <laughs> we, um, I got to tell the baptism story. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think it's cooler from my point of view because I can laugh, um, <laughs> make fun of you. We, um, 
we sat down that after that evening and Josh said she wants to get baptized. So I came up and we sat down in, in a circle and we talked about what baptism was. And um, you were like, but do I have to get baptized in front of everybody? And I said, well, technically, <laughs> no. Um, and so I talked to Michael um, and I was like, she's really, she has some social anxiety. She doesn't want to go in front of everybody. Could we do just like after everybody dismisses? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And um, and then it was the night before. You're like, I want to get baptized in front of everybody. <laughs> did you really say that? You did. And it was funny. It was great. You actually did it in that voice, too. Like, you know, like like get, um, like Schmeagle on Lord of the Rings. I don't remember this at all. That's okay. I'm probably just making this all up because the way my, my imagination is wonderful. And sometimes I just fill in blanks when my ADHD kicked in. And I had wasn't even paying attention to the whole story. So it probably didn't even happen. I just made this part up. But it's it's a wonderful story. So, you know, I, I should be a story writer. And uh, so that Sunday you came, got baptized in front of everybody. Everybody, all 37 people saw you tell everybody mm -hmm. that you wanted to follow Jesus, and that was really cool. I have pictures. I'll post them on our, our – no, I won't. Um, you can. I don't I'm just kidding. We already did. We, we put them on our Facebook account years and years ago. Um, what are your thoughts about what it truly means to be a follower of Jesus? What does that really mean to you? I mean, I know the whole saved being in eternity, you know, sin's gone, but what does it mean to you to be a follower of Christ? Um, I think it means surrendering yourself to him. And you may want to go in one direction, but God always has another plan for you. And I think just surrendering to that. And to be a good person and to think about what would Jesus do in this situation, which sounds so cliche, but really, how can you do? I'm going to get wrong? you the bumper sticker now. I'm going to put it. I'm going <laughs> to put it. I didn't even mind. Yeah. But I think it means, like, seriously, just thinking about that question, like, how, how do I be right in this situation? How do I do right by God in this situation? What? What do you think if I said this or did this? So we're into Leviticus and Numbers mm -hmm. in our Bible reading, and a little overwhelming. It is, a little bit. A little um, weird. A little, what in the world were those people doing, you know, a couple thousand years ago? Um, actually, 3,000 years ago. Um, so that's kind of strange. That's kind of a learning experience. It's a lot. Maybe we should have started you in the New Testament. Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> should have thought that one through note to self next time someone gets saved, start them in the new Testament, not Leviticus. Okay. Um, has that been helping as far as starting to get a better picture of, of the biblical narrative? Mm -hmm. Um, just for, just for you listeners out there, we, um, we're doing the Bible project Reading one of the Bible Project reading apps through uh, UVersion. And what's really good about that is they have their... Are you watching the YouTube videos? Mm -hmm. Big help. Um, if you are not a Bible Project fan, shame on you. Um, you should be. Um, for folks that are struggling, 
people that don't understand the things of the Old Testament, a lot of the rites and rituals and traditions and the structures of the books and, you know, um, ancient Hebrew poetry, um, really helpful. I have really enjoyed, you know, I've been doing this Bible thing for a long time and I still learn stuff from their videos. Um, so the videos help. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, very needful, I think. I wish, um, you know, when we were going to Sunday school, we had the old, these things called flannel graphs, mm -hmm. which is basically this, is a, is a felt um, backboard. And then they would take these little pictures of, of little people and they'd stick them on. And then, and then Noah went up and he built this boat and, you know, stick the boat up on there. And then, then they put a giraffe and a monkey and a goat, you know, um, Bible project YouTube videos would have been much more, made it much more easier to comprehend some of the things in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, no, no, it's really good. Um, if you're struggling, I think, I think people should do that, especially with the Old Testament. We're going to get out of the law stuff, and we're going to get into a lot of the histories. The histories are amazing. You're going to like the history parts, but then we're going to jump from that into the poetic books, which are fun. I really like the po poetic books, the Psalms. Well, we're reading the Psalms, too. That's what we're doing. Uh, but once you get into Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song, and um, those are, Job is hard. Uh, just warn you ahead of time. Job, you're just, I used to I used to think completely differently about what the book of Job was, and I realized that it's just a bunch of people talking for a long, 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 long time, and they were completely wrong. Um, don't don't build any doctrine out of Job, most of it. Just saying, just telling you that. Um, then we're going to get the prophets, the big, big prophets, and that's going to really confuse you because you're going to be like, what are these people saying? And that's okay. Um, we're all there. What are your dreams and hopes and plans as far as as far as your home and kids, as far as raising them up and what the Bible calls the nurture and admonition of the Lord, the, 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 the way the Lord wants you to raise them up? How do you foresee those kids coming up as far as like church and mm -hmm. activities and limiting all the fun things that we never got to mm -hmm. do as Christians? We couldn't do those things, you know? Right. How, do you, how do you foresee that? Well, I'm excited to have kids after we're married, of course. Um, yes, please wait till you get married <laughs> to have yeah. children. Um, that's usually the best way. Um, yeah. um, I know Josh is going to be a, an amazing dad, and I'm so excited to see him raise little beans. We call each other Bean. So <laughs> um, I'm really excited. He's going to be amazing, and he's going to teach me a lot too, and I'm sure I'll teach him a lot. Um, it'll be our first time. It's going to be amazing. But... um. I know that we're going to raise our kids in a church. Um, I think that having that community and those fundamentals are very, um, very important in an upbringing. And um, I know we'll just raise them to be good people. And they'll still have fun, of course. But like I said before, following Jesus... Think about what Jesus would do. I think we'll talk with them about that a lot. Will you teach your boys ballet? Maybe. How to plie? Maybe. <laughs> Please don't. Um, yeah, you can teach the boys how to do ballet, and Josh will teach the girls how to fight. Mm -hmm. That would be a fun. <laughs> it would be interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting. Um, 
Glad you're part of the family. I'm glad to be here. I'm very thankful. Part of the Christian family. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. It is. Um, I never thought it. I never thought I would be here with a Christian family, but I could not be more thankful. Not just us. I meant as far as the Christian family, mm-hmm. not not the Kevin and Micah Christian family. I meant being a part of the family of God. Um, for years, I struggled with my personal relationship with the Lord. I, I really struggled with my salvation, even up until the time that I was, don't tell anybody, I was actually in Bible college studying to be a pastor, and I was still questioning my salvation. Um, whoops. <laughs> I'm going to preach to you. First, I need to get saved. Um, there will be hard times. Isn't that fun? Isn't that wonderful? You want to hear people say? Um, I know when we, you know, when I first got saved and serving the Lord as a teenager and then in the, you know, college and I thought it would all be, you know, unicorns and popcorn and Skittles and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, ice cream and realize that sometimes that there's toothaches and, you know, pulled muscles and failures and broken bones and, I think a lot of times if we're not careful that we'll view Christianity as, you know, I started following Jesus and everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't remove us out of this broken world. And I think I think that's that was one of the hardest pills for me to swallow was, you know, as I gave my life not just to be a follower of Christ, but to be a servant of his mm-hmm. full time ministry, pastoral ministry, you know, um, you know, giving and witnessing to people and preaching the Bible and, and you know, everybody ought to follow me and, and I'll show them the right way. And then hard times came, you know, money problems came and health problems came and battles came. And, um, and I'm like, well, this is not supposed to happen. And so mm-hmm. that was fun. That was a fun reality when I realized that you still can, you know, fall and break your arm even though you're, I'm a preacher, you know, um, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not supposed to get the flu. Um, so, yeah. Well, welcome to the family. I hope this is a help to you. Um, this, this, I'm talking to them, not you, Carolyn. Thank you. Because, you know, because it was fun. Um, you know, it's amazing. There's, there's so many things about Carolyn's story, about your story. I'm talking to you now. Um, that when, when you're trying to witness people or build a relationship with people and... Um, you know, I'll be criticized by by some folks that we let our son date an unsafe person. That they, they got close to a girl that, that didn't quite know Jesus yet. I was a little nervous, yeah. Um, but to be honest, let, let's just throw this one out, you know, because I thought I was going to be done, but I just had this follow-up thought. Do you think that the first time you met us and we knew Josh was starting to get feelings for you and immediately we stomped our foot and says there is no way in in Hades that you're going to date the, uh, a girl that doesn't quite know Jesus. Number one, that would have, I think, planted a seed of rebellion in Josh's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, do you think had you walked in the first time that you, know, you guys hung out here together that I was pulling out the book of Romans and running you down the Romans road and say, you need to pray this prayer so you can get saved. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would have been real to you or do you think that would have been, and because you're this sweet, kind, you know, wanting to please people and you probably would have prayed a prayer, but do you think that would have been true faith? No, not at all. 
Um, and unfortunately, we have this, and, and I know, um, I just think it's, it's so important that we took our time. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to say, if you were to die right now, Carolyn, are you, do you have the assurance that you would go and be with Christ? Mm -hmm. I um, and I think that's the most important thing is that your faith is real, that we just didn't say, all right, this is read these four verses and repeat this prayer after me. Um, and I'm so glad that we grew out of that because now we have not just knowing that you get to go to heaven, that we were able to give you the gospel, but now we have another kid. Um, congratulations. <laughs> and welcome to this, this house of psychotic interruption. Um, but no, I hope, I hope this, for those of you listening, I hope this was a big help to you. I hope this was a help to you. Um, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Um, here to help ministry at gmail.com is a ministry of ministries ministry one it's a y not a ies here to help ministry gmail.com we'll be posting this to our facebook account reach out to us me or mike if you have questions for carolyn let me know and uh if you want to give her all the skinny about all the things you knew about josh as a kid oh there's some things that we could tell her it'd be fun um but reach out if you like to anything you need us to pray about um, you want to talk about you need us to um, want to reach out to you um, please reach out to us and we'd love to talk to you and i hope this was a help to you and we will join you next time on here to help have a great week we love you bye bye <laughs>